Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up, everybody? It is the Fizzle Show, where every week we talk about things that are interesting to business builders. Is that amazing to you? Does that just blow your mind? That you can build your own business, you can just start something up, and if you know what you're doing, and if you luck out quite a bit, you can actually find yourself earning enough revenue to support your yourself, your family, you got your parents, a, a cabin near a lake. I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you're making money on the internet. <laughs> that sweet, sweet internet money. But it doesn't come free, and it doesn't come easy, right? So that's what this show's about, because most businesses fizzle out. Most businesses fizzle out. Think about that for a second. What makes you different? What makes your business different that, like, you're not susceptible to the thing that so many others have fallen prey to? There is no difference. The truth is, you're just finding that balance, and you're trying to get into that traction, you're trying to get into something that's going to last a very long time, that serves a real purpose for real people, solves a real problem, right? We all need help with that. So welcome to The Fizzle Show. We talk about this kind of stuff every single week. Corbett Bars, uh, in Mexico still. Are you still in Mexico, Corbett? Yeah, last two days. Last mm. two days in Mexico. I love that. When we started, when we turned on Skype, Corbett accidentally turned on his video, and we all got a glimpse of, him, of how he podcasts, which, uh, anyways, we'll... We'll leave that to the listener's imagination. Uh, let's just say Steph went, went with a big, oh my! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and Steph, how are you doing? Your, your family just got done being so sick. Are you? Did you catch it? I didn't, and I don't even understand how that happened, but I'm doing great. And also, I just need to mention this, because this is crazy. At the time of this recording, I guess when this comes out, it will have just happened. We're gearing up for the Kentucky Derby here in Louisville, Kentucky. And oh, guys, wow. this is like the Super Bowl for this town. I My kid's daycare is closed on Friday, like in anticipation of the Derby on Saturday. She has a parade at school tomorrow. It is ridiculous. It is crazy how much is like this whole town's going to shut down and like thousands of people are going to pour in. And uh, I'm just kind of like along for the ride on this one. You got your big oh, wow. hat and your, your mint julep ready? I'm ready. I really am. Mm. I love it. That I love fun. it. Corbett, Corbett and Steph, I would love to be like at a Kentucky Derby just wearing, I'd like to be dressed up like a lady just to, to see what that's like with big hats and stuff like that. But even if I was just as a man, just sipping Kentucky Derby drinks, which sounds yeah. like they're mint juleps. That's mint what julep. it is. Yep. And that John, would be, John can make you a mean Kentucky mule. It's like a Moscow ooh, mule, yeah. but with bourbon. He's really perfected wow. the recipe since we moved wow. here. I really need John to make me some cocktails. Watching him, He's he uh, sent us that video of him making a margarita once. It was oh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I like that. I like I like, I like that a lot. Okay, so speaking of cocktails, we need to make a cocktail for the mind of the entrepreneur right now. Okay, mm. something that you could take a big hit of and shoot it like a... Actually, we're not going to shoot. We're going to make it like a, like a mint julep. Something that you're going to sip Good and you're going to think about, you're going to ruminate, and it's going to... It's going to sort of transform some of the ways you think, you know, you, your arms might get a little heavy. You might laugh a little bit easier. Maybe you, uh, you end up dancing on a table. Who knows? But that's what this podcast is going to be like if I have anything to say about it, because we're going to talk about money. <laughs> okay. And like we said before this podcast started, it's like, 
it's like I, I Corbett mentioned like everybody likes to talk about money, and then I raise my hand. I'm like, except for me, because because money's this big uncertainty thing for me, and I don't necessarily understand it. So wherever you land on the entrepreneurship thing, you're going to get something that's probably going to help you think about how to take your business to the next step today. But before we do that. Before I forget, I do want to read our sponsorship today is from Corbett. Who's sponsoring the podcast today? Drum roll, please. Gusto. Gusto. I love it. Now, what does Gusto do? Gusto does does, uh, payroll, does it not? Yeah, Gusto does payroll, benefits, all kinds of things that will help you uh, pay your employees, your contractors, pay yourself even. Make sure that you have all the forms and taxes and everything in order for your local, your state, your federal, and uh, it just keeps track of everything and makes it super easy. We've been using Gusto for, gosh, a few years now, at least, and uh, I was so happy when they came around because payroll elsewhere is just a pain, a big old P-I-T-A, if you will. Gusto makes it all easy, and uh, you can get, what can you get for free, Chase? You can get three months for free. That's right. right? If you sign up at Gusto.com slash fizzle. Now, this is payroll stuff. We're talking about money. You can see how there's a little bit of overlay there. In fact, something that Corbin mentioned is paying yourself with this. There's some smart business sort of things you might be doing with your your money. You might need to use a payroll software like this. You might need to and you don't already use one, right? Paying contractors, paying yourself, paying, I don't know, paying for mint juleps at the Kentucky Derby. You can do all these kinds of things with Gusto. And so our thanks to Gusto for supporting Fizzle and independent entrepreneurs. Honestly, again, go to Gusto.com slash Fizzle. You'll get three months for free once you run your first payroll. All right, guys, you ready for our topic today? Let's get into it. Steph, you started us off in the pre in the pre-funk, the conversation pre-funk. Why don't you start us off now? Tell us where like where what comes to mind? What, what do you want to where do you want to start? Okay, so couple weeks back, our listeners will remember if they are, you know, recurring listeners to the show, we shared that each of us has taken on some extra projects recently, right? So Chase talked about what he's been doing with the bag reviews and the YouTube and eventual podcast. I talked about courage and clarity and how a coaching business has emerged from that. Corbett talked about the software that we've been building. So we've got a lot of irons in the fire. And we also mentioned that we were excited to share that we've been working on stuff because it would allow us I think additional content for us to kind of, we, we kind of promised, I think, that we would give updates about what it's like to really be in the trenches, which I think is really cool. So this episode is kind of an example of that. We just sort of like off the cuff had this accidental, accidental conversation before we started recording about being in the beginning stages of a new project or a new business and various money fears that come along with that, that maybe weren't anticipated. So um, we it, it all started because Chase and I realized that we both kind of, he vocalized something that I have totally like said the same words out loud to John and to people in my mastermind group, which is, and I think a lot of people out there can probably relate to this, is the feeling that even if things are going well, 
in your projects, in your business, actually maybe because they're going well, like you want to celebrate it, like maybe cash is coming in and that's super, super exciting. If you're anything about like me, where I was three plus years ago, I would fantasize about that moment when like, oh yeah, I always thought like you make the money and then you're golden. But this new thing that I did not anticipate was this somewhat irrational, I think, fear, but a fear nevertheless, fear of your success running out, fear of like, is this just luck? Like, did I just get off to a fast start? Um, You know, I have revenue coming in now, but is this forever? Like, how am I going to keep this thing going? So if you're an early stage, you know, business builder and you, like me, used to think like, oh, once you start making the money, like cha-ching, you're good. Yeah. Okay. But then there's the whole piece of like keeping it coming in the door. (laughs) And there are definitely fears that uh, all of us here on the show share about I think what we're talking about is sustainable. Like you have these these questions that keep you up at night. Like it, it feels great now, but I'm almost afraid to trust it because is this going to run out? So that's kind of where the idea for the episode came from. Yeah, I love that. And I just have to, I mean, I'll just jump in and with, because that's exactly where I am right now, right? That's exactly what I'm thinking about. Corbett, you would be so, so proud <laughs> of the spreadsheets that I've created. <laughs> over here really i am i corbett i am literally i'm collecting raw like i'm copying and pasting data because these of all these affiliate programs that i'm signed up for they all yeah. use crappy software that doesn't necessarily export as a csv or any of this stuff so i just scrape i just like copy it all straight from the website paste it into a spreadsheet okay i have to do a little bit of cleaning sometimes on some of the numbers and then i've got another spreadsheet tab where i'm sequencing that data using some ifs Okay. Do you know what a sum if is? That's right. That's right. I'm saying, okay, everything grab from this column and add everything up. That's just from this date and this, uh, this month and this year, grabbing the month and the year dynamically from the spreadsheet. Corbett, I, I, I just think, I bet I could tell you that right now. You could go recreate that thing, but most people are like, this is boring. Why are you talking about this? So I'll stop there. But suffice it to say, I've, I've, I've got this, this desire to have an intelligence about exactly what my business is doing and this is specifically talking about the bag review channel that i've started on youtube and that has been growing and i'm trying to to get it to the next level one of the challenges that i have there that i just have to admit to you guys is that like i get paid from so many different people and from so many different uh, affiliate programs where there's a different sometimes i'm getting 10 percent, sometimes 15 sometimes eight or whatever and sometimes it's like it takes a month for the payments to clear because we have to wait till everybody's made sure that they didn't send back their bags or whatever. Right. So it's just this kind of convoluted and crappy thing about is what do we call that Corbett collections? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think uh, you got it. Yeah. So like that, that's something that, that like just makes my sort of the intelligence factor about, about, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's one, the exciting part of my business is getting the bags using the bags, making videos about the bags that are funny and entertaining and in-depth, publishing those videos, getting crap tons of comments on those videos, getting an incredible amount of views on them, and all this other fun stuff, right? But (laughs) nothing there pays the bills. Like, Like, literally nothing over there can pay the way that getting paid from one of these vendors can actually pay the bills, right? And that's all stuff that's necessary, but I need to know exactly how much I'm making so that I can see... Are we doing better or worse? Is this manuf- is this are these wandered bags? Are they starting to take a tank in comparison to what they were before? Is everything seeming seeming like it's going the right way? So just to kind of 
get everybody on the same page of, of the kind of business that I'm talking about looks like that. And so trying to understand if the money is going to be consistent for me is like the number one challenge right now, because I'm, I'm looking at my wife tells me like, this is all fine. It should be, it should be working fine. And I believe her. Um, she's the one who got me to like to start pushing. She started pushing me to get affiliate relationships with some of these companies that I just didn't, I just didn't ask them for that beforehand. And now some of those companies are the, the highest producing, you know, bags that I have out there. But the point being trusting that like learning, like, I don't even know still, I don't know if I should trust that this in this money, in the fact that this business is a viable one. Um, and, and that fear of, of like that kind of debil it can be debilitating this fear of, of like, uh, I, I don't know, is it just going to like go away? Is Google just going to make one little sneeze and then boom, all the views are gone and then boom, like no more of the traffic comes in and then boom, no, and then we're in a totally different place. Right. And now as a good, you know, as a good <laughs> creative, neurotic, semi Zen Buddhist leaning person i know that it's like listen man the only certainty is change you only have right now you'll deal with that when you when you get there but that career that fear does does creep in so when we're talking about this like how to overcome that fear of this is all going to go away i'm very interested like my ears are perking up right mm -hmm. i think the tricky thing too like we've talked about so many times on the show it's really become a theme of ours as we talk a lot about how the best work comes from a place of following your curiosity. And we've talked a lot about energy and, you know, making sure you're following where the energy is. Well, it's really hard to be, I have found for me, it's hard for me to like tune into that frequency, if you will. Like if my curiosity or energy or creativity is like a certain radio station in my brain, it's like, I'm moving the dial trying to get the frequency, but if I'm so freaked out about money or about sustainability and that fear takes over, it's too noisy. So to me, that's really what's at stake here is like getting your mind right so that you can create from a really good place because that's what, if you're listening to this and you resonate with it and you've had some level of success, no matter how small, you got there because you created something great. And that doesn't come from a place of desperation and scarcity. It comes from a place of belief and like this quiet knowingness, but it's very hard. Like these two things are kind of at odds with each other. So I feel like that's why it's so important to figure out how to manage this whole thing. Mm, totally. So Corbett, just uh, let's hear some some Big Daddy Warbucks stuff coming from you right now. As you hear uh, a couple of young entrepreneurs, young in their businesses, talking about these sorts of fears of money, like just what are the kinds of ideas or the kinds of things that go through your head as we're talking about this fear that it's all going to go away? Well, I, I think we all come from different places, which is really interesting, right? In this conversation, we were talking um, before we started recording about how, in your case, Chase, you guys have, you know, a family, you're uh, mid thirties, you've got a mortgage and you and Melissa, your wife have both decided to kind of start new businesses in the past several years. And you have, you have a standard of living of living that you're used to. Right. And, and what, what is that like when you, you, you kind of have already put the peg in the board at a certain place and now you're running businesses and maybe it's not all adding up to, to your standard of living, what you're used to. Yeah. So like it's, if, and there's, and like, I should bring in the lifestyle piece because that's all for us very in flux as well. Right now, as I record this, 
I'm in Nashville where we just, where we just came for a month because we just spent three months in Mexico and for the first, for the first time there, by the way, in Mexico for the first time, we were like under our allotted budget by like, by like quite a bit just because living in Mexico is so cheap. You basically can't order things on Amazon. I think that's the thing that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. that makes it, if I ever wanted to like just budget myself, Molly's should just change my password to Amazon. <laughs> that's, what, that's all we really need. But the, the, the point being, um, we're in a, a sort of, a set, uh, I almost want to call it a stage, but this like season, this, this transitional phase as a family where we're kind of wanting to be traveling more, like a, maybe even a full-time kind of thing. We have our home in Portland. We're going to have to deal and figure out what we want to do with that, but, uh, but that shouldn't be too challenging to rent out long-term. We've got a you know a family property, a, a cabin in Tahoe that we could go spend time on if we needed to, right? But other than that, it's like I keep thinking about the fact that listen, man, we could drive to Montreal, we could drive to Austin, Texas, we could drive to Moab, Utah, we could drive to all these places and just stay in Airbnbs, and when maybe we need to drive to where it's cheapest to live, right? Um, and and maybe that's one way we could we could find. Some both lifestyle um, growth for our family, just traveling around a little bit definitely affects the kind of connection, the level of connection and relationship we have with each other. And it, it's just a perfect stage to, to be for my eight year old and nine year old son. That is just like, like, just, I don't know, seeing the world going through all that stuff. That would have been really cool to see if I was, mm-hmm. if I, when I was a young kid. So thinking about that stuff, that stuff is like the stuff that kind of, kind of is becoming front and center of the compass of our life. Like, yeah. Like, that, that kind of thing. And so anyways, th- there are implications there for our, uh, our, like how much are we making? How much can we afford to do on this? And that's something that I'm looking really closely at. And, and honestly, all the, like I was saying before, all the money stuff still is developing. I'm only just like a couple months into like pursuing this, like kind of heavily, and so I don't know if I'm like a few videos away from this thing and a few uh, like affiliate relationships away from this thing compounding a lot more than it currently has. It all just looks like it's steady growth up and to the right. And yet still this fear sort of uh, just creeps in. And, I, and it kind of uh, like Steph was talking about the difference between living out of that kind of belief and, and curiosity versus just the scarcity and fear. Yeah. And I, I, I asked that question just to kind of illustrate how these fears manifest differently for each of us. You are concerned about building this new lifestyle and you're really wondering if it's all. (laughs) I like that idea of like, yeah, the dead manifests differently for many of us. Steph's like, I save money. Chase is like, I move my family out of our house or we don't know where we're going next. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so, you know, these, these money fears, always stem i think from uncertainty right we yeah. we don't know what's going to happen in the future and those are even more acute in the beginning stages because you don't have the track record or the history to be able to feel like you can rely on this yet and so you know your your situation chase is you're you're worried about um maintaining your lifestyle being able to like really tap into these things that you want to do that you've already started doing and that you want to be able to do over the next you know year or two and you guys come from a place where you're used to having more income, frankly, right? For mm. especially when your wife was working. So, so that's something, right? Getting back to that place. Um, in Steph's case, 
Steph, you were talking before about how you're reluctant to pay yourself, right? What's that mm-hmm. all about? <laughs> this makes me laugh just because a few of my good friends that I'm in a mastermind with like really called me out on this. And it was one of those things where I didn't, and listen, for people who are hearing this, like my, my experience very recently, and I'm totally talking to you guys about this in real time. Like this is unfolding. I'm not some expert here. I'm literally figuring this out. Like as we speak, when we get off of this call, I'll probably go back to fresh books and try to figure out what the hell I'm doing. So this is very real in my life right now. But, um, I, I had some, I was approaching the income of my, of my business in a way that I thought was logical and practical. And for me, it differently than Chase, that looked like socking it away as much as I possibly could. But the funny thing is it comes from this exact same fear of, okay, well maybe the success I've had so far from my coaching programs and my one-on-one clients, like maybe it's all going to run out. Like I'm going to run out of people. The interest is going to dry up and I'm not going to have anything left. And in that case, I want to have cash reserves. So I've been getting myself in this habit of stashing it all away. And like I said, I thought I was doing the smart thing. You know, people say like profit first. So I thought, okay, I'll just put it over here. Now I'm in a different situation where my spouse is very much uh, in a, you know, corporate structure, kind of more steady and stable in terms of what he's, what he's doing. He, he has not starting his own business. So I'm in a bit of a position where I don't necessarily need to rely on what's coming in the door from the, from this new business. So I've just been putting that away. And as a result of that, it was not until I was called out on it that I realized that that was kind of setting myself up for failure because when I'm working so hard and I really am working really hard with this, this new endeavor, I'm pouring into these people that have partnering with me and it's all super, super exciting. I was thinking to myself, okay, like I'm watching this business bank account grow and I thought I was checking the box on the whole mindset money thing where I was thinking, okay, cool. Like I'm, you know, I'm seeing that that's exciting. And it wasn't until it was pointed out to me that I realized when you don't pay yourself, no matter how small in the very beginning, you really block yourself from receiving more because when you pay yourself, you are able to not resent the process. And that wasn't something that I realized when I was first going into this. I thought that just kind of stashing it away, like I said, was the smart thing to do. But since kind of like getting some skin in the game and seeing like watching the funds from this new business actually impact my quality of life and not struggle for the sake of struggling it's actually motivated me to keep going because it it gives me like little pieces or little glimpses into what's possible because as it's like, as it's growing and improving, when I see it contributing to my family and contributing to our goals, it gets me really excited instead of feeling like, what is this all for? So it was just this recent realization that's, and, and I mentioned this before we started recording, it's kind of put me more in the CEO seat because I've had to really dig into this instead of just having this like chunk of cash, I've had to be like, okay, where does this chunk go? How much do I pay myself? How much goes over here for taxes? How much do I want to reserve? It's made me more savvy in planning what the future looks like. And it's kind of just given me more energy because I am now able to believe in what's possible. Okay. Hold on. Say that again. This concept of when you don't pay yourself, what did you say? You block yourself from what? When you don't pay yourself, when you're just kind of stashing it away, I think you block yourself from more success because I'm over here paying myself really the minimum that my family needs. And because I'm not seeing like the fruits of my labor, I'm not watching it. It's it's not crossing the barrier between business and personal life and goals and like 
when I told when I when I made myself do this and I ran the numbers and I told John, hey, I'm gonna make this decision to pay myself part of these earnings. He was like, wow, really? That's really cool. We can do X, Y, and Z. And I just felt the floodgates of pride, I think. Like maybe that's what it is. Is like I've had success so far and I'm really grateful for that. It's it's been a fast start with the coaching. But I wasn't able to fully celebrate that success because it hadn't crossed the barrier into like improving my quality of life in any kind of way. In fact, if anything, I took a step back financially, which was at odds with the fact that I'm growing revenue. You see how weird that is? Like, I think it was just messing with my own belief in myself because I wasn't watching how it could manifest itself for my family. Now, this is interesting. Okay, I want to zoom in here a little bit, Corbett, if you think it's a good idea, because yeah. I don't know, Corbett, for you, do you hear like, do you have like red flags going off there? Or are you like, no, that's exactly what to do? I mean, obviously, different stories are different things, because I bet there's been times in your life, Corbett, where someone, you saw someone kind of putting into effect what Steph's talking about here, and you're looking at the numbers or knowing about the numbers and going like, you shouldn't be doing that yet. Is that, is that, am I often thinking that that's possibly happened before? Sure. I, I mean, I think you have to be smart about managing your business and managing the business's finances. And, you know, yeah. there are, there are definitely situations where somebody's spending more than they're bringing in and, and, uh, can get themselves into a pinch eventually where, you know, you hear about this all the time where some business that you thought was really successful suddenly dries up like a month later and nobody mm. saw it coming, right? Because, they were counting on some investment or some project to come through or something like that. So there's definitely mismanagement of your business's finances, but we're not, we're not talking about that here. We're talking about everything's going fine. You've got money coming in. It seems like things are growing. And what we're really getting at here is mindset and how the way that you handle your money and the way that you reward yourself with that money affects your mindset and therefore affects the potential future success of your business. And I think, I think this is huge. I think that, you know, for someone like me, sometimes it's easy to brush off mindset stuff. Um, but when you work with new entrepreneurs, you see how mindset matters so much. We were at the beginning of the show, Chase, you were talking about it just in the opening intro. You always talk about how, you know, we're here talking about things that matter to business builders and, uh, you know, isn't it great that we can build businesses and it's difficult and so on. I think that we kind of take that for granted and we can because we've been doing this for so long, but there does eventually become this wall that you almost can't see over anymore between us, people who are building businesses, actually earning revenue and those who are on the other side of it, just wondering what's possible. And the difference, that wall really becomes mindset because now, you know, we talk about worrying whether or not it might go away. And I, I worry about that to some degree, but I also feel like I have all these tools as an entrepreneur. I know so many dozens or hundreds of people, friends now who are successful entrepreneurs that I just have faith that I'll be able to make it work. I know that, I know that there are opportunities out there. Maybe it's not exactly what I'm doing, but I know that I'll be able to figure it out. And people who are on the other side of that wall wondering what's possible, the difference between us and them really is mindset and experience. It's it's just knowing that things are possible because you've been immersed in it and you've met so many people and you've been through the ringer so many times that you know that you'll come out the other side. So when we talk about how you spend your money as a business and how you reward yourself, I think that that mindset piece is really important because it. It does. It, it lets you know, like Steph said, that 
I'm doing this all for a reason. I'm doing this because it's going to benefit my life. It's going to help me achieve goals, not just in my business, but in my personal life. And it's so powerful when you get to share your income, your proceeds, the, the benefits of doing this thing with your spouse and your family, right? For the first time. Yep. When you get to like take a vacation because your business earned that money and paid for it. How powerful is that? And I think that you're right. We do have to remember to celebrate those little things in the beginning, not only for ourselves, but also to get our families buy-in because they're sacrificing as well to let us build those businesses. And, you know, I underestimated the power of what you just said, Corbett. I think that's the whole point. So if anyone out there is listening and maybe you're in a position similar to me where you don't need to pull funds out of your business account to feed your family, like you don't have to. And that's the way I justified it in my mind. It's like, well, I don't have to, so I won't. But the first, now that I've decided to do that for the first time, I totally underestimated how how amazing that would feel to be able to share with my spouse, like, hey, actually, this is what we're going to do. And and see, like, uh, again, those late nights, those early mornings, see the look on his face was just like, wow, your business did that? Like, this is going to afford us the ability to do X, Y, and Z for for us and for our child. It, I, I totally underestimated the like, and I, what's weird is I wasn't feeling any negative energy towards what I'm building that I could that I could pick up on. But it's that these little subtle things that it just has given me that renewed energy, which is like, it, it, weirdly enough, this is going to sound crazy, but paying myself has helped take away that fear that it's all going to go away. I don't know what that's about exactly, but. I feel like I was afraid of that. And now that I've like broken the seal on, okay, this money goes here, this part goes there, and this part goes over here, suddenly I have more faith that more is going to come. I don't know. Maybe that's some woo-woo stuff or something, but it's definitely helped me kind of have more clarity that's like, okay, this is how it works. And instead of just letting it sit there not working for me, it's given me, again, I think the biggest thing is it's put me kind of in that CEO mindset and it's made it feel like a real grown up business instead of just like playing around. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Totally. It's a weird thing. I mean, because what you're doing is you're opening up. I, for some reason, think about like the way that a gas engine works is you have this something that basically throttles how much gas you're throwing into this like combustion area that's powering the, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Now you can tell how, how much I understand about engines. But the point being, <laughs> if you turn on the faucet and really have that gas going in there, you're going to get that combustion going hot and fast, and it's going to be moving, right? But you're also going to be using up more of the gas, right? But if you just trickle it in there, it's going to be going slower, yada, yada, yada. Now the thing is, is I think what a, a lot of the woo-woo stuff that I've paid attention to in recent years has me thinking like, dude, you have to open up that, that whatever. I don't know if it's a fucking carburetor or whatever. I don't know. You have to open up the thing (laughs) enough so that you're not like, you're not out of fear keeping yourself front. Like, like you're just right now, you're right now. This is where, how we want to be living right now, doing this thing or, or whatever. And trusting that word, trusting underlying that one, that it's, that it's going to be fine. Now we heard Corbett say this, trusting that I'm going to be able to make it work. What did he say? He said, because of mindset and experience, right? It wasn't just, it wasn't just like reading a lot of, you know, the secret or something like that. And then going for it, it also had this other end of of like this experiential quality for Corbett. And I have, have been able to be close to that for a long time. And I've built my own experiential sort of radar um, and ex- I don't know, experience or, or whatever. And, and it is just, it, there is this very 
delicate balance with this. So Steph, when you're talking, you're talking about a business that's making a surplus amount of money and you having the fear that you shouldn't be using much of that. Um, and so you kind of, you, you kind of restrict yourself and your family's use of that revenue just to exact like the bare minimum, just what you absolutely need to get by. Right. Mm-hmm. Your friends come in and encourage you to look at that and say, why are you so afraid? Like, why aren't you opening this up more? Because you're actually harming your ability to create your own success in the future because you're kind of like, you're kind of reinforcing this, this mindset of scarcity that yeah. like, it's all going to go away. And you're just, you're just muscling that out. You're just making it happen. What are you going to say? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because I'm a big believer that you're, if you really want to make change in your life, not just for business, literally anything, what you do has to match what you say. It's not enough to just say, I want to have a successful business. I want to have a six figure business, seven figure business, whatever your dreams are. It's not enough to just say that, you know, you can say those things, but then if you're me and you're over here hoarding money because you don't believe that it's going to last, then I don't think that you're setting yourself on a path towards really receiving what it is that you say you want. So you have to act like, I I like this expression. I don't know. You guys will have to tell me if you think this is too out there, but sometimes I have to say to myself, I have to act like the check is already in the mail. You know, like at a certain point I have to tell myself, no, like that's, it's coming. Like that check's already on its way. I don't really know when it's going to get here or who it's from, but it's coming. And you, you act, this isn't just woo woo stuff. Part of it is, but part of it is I truly believe you act differently you know, maybe it's that that fear doesn't cause that desperation we talked about, or maybe you just have better energy or you don't have as much anxiety, whatever it is. When you act from that place, from that confident place, it's like, this is like kind of like what Corbett said, where I trust that no matter what happens, I've got, you know, friends in the industry who've got my back or like something is going to work out. I think you have to align your actions with that belief. You can't say, oh, I believe it's all going to work out. And then you're over here acting scarce about it. It doesn't really work. So that for me has been the biggest realization is if I'm going to say that I believe like I'm putting my stake in the ground on this, I've got to, I've got to be willing to stick my neck out and act like it's true. Okay. Now, and I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that there's clearly a difference between in your experience, and any of us who have done our own creative work or entrepreneurial work would say there's clearly a difference in what it's like to work when we're in that space of, of kind of anxiety, fear, and worry um, versus when we're in that space of sort of curiosity, interest, sort of like, you know, whatever. Oh, I feel like doing this and you don't have that, that big anxiety and worry over your head. Um, I think maybe there's maybe, maybe, you know, there's some people who would still go, yeah, that, there's obviously a difference in what it feels like to do that. But like, you know, like Corbett always says, like crap in one hand and wish in the other and see which one feels fills up first. Right. See which one, which one actually like has stuff in it. Um, and there's this there's this thing in me still that doubts this whole idea of of you just believe and feel good and follow your bliss. And then the world makes space for you. Because one of the things I've seen so many times is people who are trying that so hard. And I, I look at how they're doing it and it feels like they're kind of forcing it. Like they don't really have a kind of wisdom about it, truly. Um, but at the same time, like I just also see that they're making their life really hard. Maybe because they're, they're just trying too hard or something like that. And this is all getting bundled up into this conversation about money, right? So I want to kind of make sure that people know the difference between um, well, and hear us very clearly on what we're saying, right? I think we're talking about a very specific business, Steph's business, where she saw this 
fast growth in this coaching business right off the bat and is able to have income coming in that she's able to save and put away outside of her standard everyday living. And the conversation we're really having is like that standard everyday living. She was like putting herself in, in, in like, I don't know, it's going to like, you know, depression era sort of living mode, yeah. I'm sh- uh, you know, to, to sort of protect herself from this growing anxiety about the fact that that money was one day going to go away. And if I used it up now, it's going to, it's not going to be around for much longer. I mean, totally to like, just to emphasize that, like now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, of course. Like it was to the point just to underscore that, like, yes, I was doing like the starving artist thing for no reason. It's to the point where John and I are like nickel and diming our bank account being like, "Mm, can you work out at that gym you want to work out at? I don't know. We might need to scrap that. And it's like, what? What am I doing? Like, and meanwhile, this business is making money and I'm terrified to pay myself out of it. Right. So I think this is about not, of course, I'm not being reckless. Like it's important to be conservative about it, but committing to like, okay, what would it look like if I paid myself 50%? You know, like, let's just start there and then reserve the rest of it or 40% or something like that. But being able to, again, like, yeah, I th- really think it's it's and what you said, Chase, is important too, which is that this this goes beyond just like believing. Like you know, you need to believe hard enough. I th- I truly believe you act differently when you take a step in the direction of because what was happening for me is I was saying to myself, "Oh, I'll start paying myself when X," and like X would keep moving, like it was some vague point in the distance. And what was happening without my knowing it is I was delaying my own legitness in my own mind. Legitness Mm. is not a word, but you know what I mean, right? (laughs) Like I was, I was like saying to myself, Oh, when you're like, when you reach this point, then you get to reward yourself. And that goalpost, of course, keeps moving because it never, I don't think, fully feels good enough. And so I think I was discrediting myself. Like I was somehow not expert enough to reap some of the reward from my hard work and delaying that reward, I think just kept me in a system of not being at the level I want to be at. I think you have to make yourself play at the level you want to be at instead of waiting for some random validation. I've talked about (laughs) my struggle with validation in the past on the show. It is coming up here again for me where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to be any ready when I, any more ready when I reach some number in this bank account to start acting like a real CEO. That's what it comes down to for me. So if people, if anybody's listening who is in this same situation where you're afraid, like pick something that feels good and sustainable for you, like overestimate your taxes, like overestimate your cash reserves if you need to, but commit to some percentage, 40%, something like that, that you pay yourself because it it just, it brings a whole new level of seriousness to the table. That's been my experience with it anyway. You know, I was at a conference once and I heard this, I'm not going to remember the book, maybe one of you could do a quick search. It was something like, like pay yourself first. Profit first. I think. Prof, profit first. Profit first. That was totally it. I saw someone who was one of their coaches, like did a, a presentation there. And it was just this sort of like ma- mathematical model for like, Hey man, even if it's just 1%, even if it's just a hundred dollars, you do that first. That's the first part of your accounting. That's just straight profit. That is the reason why you're in this business. That's You don't do this business to keep the business going. You're in this business to earn that profit, to change your life, and to the same things that Corbett was saying earlier. And there was, and it was kind of an, like a really, as far as accounting talks go, it was a fairly inspiring one, right? Uh, where he talked about, like, I don't know, what, what was challenging about it, what 
what some of the, the models you should use as you're thinking about implementing this sort of thing are, the mistakes that people have made. So check out, I think it's a book called Profit First. And, and I mean, I'm sure there's like YouTube videos you could just dig into as well to get that kind of idea work in your life. Because the truth is, is just like Steph's saying, I mean, I'm in a different boat where, where my revenue that's coming in from my project isn't enough to pay the bills yet, right? Not by quite a while. But the, the trend is up and to the right. And the question I'm having is like, all right, how fast are we going to be able to get there? Is it going to, like, what do I need to do to get there? How do I live in the in-between, right? Where there are there is money coming from these, these other sort of, I would call them like more unsustainable type things from both Melissa and my lives, right? But, and, and, the, and the, the bills are getting paid for, but not from the main stuff that, we're, that either of us is building. My wife just started up this coaching thing and her podcast, and, and there's like a, definitely a future there. But but looking at the the sort of the trajectory or the um, the uh, projections of what that revenue is going to be, and then in the meantime, not trying just trying not to get tangled up in fake make believe fantasies about what those projections really are, right? Like Corbett, what what do you what do you hear over there? What what are you thinking as we kind of talk about this at this stage? Well, the the I think the variable here is as business owners, we all get to decide where the money goes, right? And profit, you know, is your sales minus your expenses. And we get to decide in some ways what our expenses are. We get to decide how much of that is salary that we pay ourselves, right? We get to decide uh, when we bring people on and uh, get them to help us out. We get to decide which pieces of software we use because we they we believe that they make our lives easier or help us make more revenue. So there's a lot of decisions that we get to make there. And the biggest decision that we make as we get a little further along is what to invest back into our business mm-hmm. and what we're going to spend that money on. And you know that we we've talked recently about getting help, breaking the seal on getting help. That's certainly a place that you start spending money on. Uh, but eventually, and this is kind of the place that I'm coming from now for the past 18 months or so, you have to decide if you're going to invest significant amounts in new products, in entirely new lines of business, because you, you know, b- decide that maybe there are bigger opportunities. Maybe you want to diversify a little bit. Um, maybe there's just something that you want to see in the marketplace. And, and then you have to ask yourself, how much do I believe that that could become a revenue stream for this business and how much am I willing to invest in it? And, uh, you know, 18 months ago or so we at fizzle decided to start building some software that we talked about on this show a few weeks ago, uh, basically a, a replacement for our forums and a, a basically a new community and messaging platform for our community at fizzle, but also for other teams to use. And um, that has been an expensive project so far, and we're not seeing any revenue from it yet um, because it's it's not launched. And so, you know, that's that's a big burden to take on as a business. Instead of investing the thousands of dollars a month that that we have in, um, you know, bringing on a software developer and all the time and energy that I've been putting into it, that money could have just been profit. That could have been money in our pockets instead. And so. 
you know, it, you, this, this kind of gets back to, um, Steph talking earlier about the difference between being like quote unquote responsible versus enjoying the fruits of your labor. I think investing back in your business feels responsible, but it's directly at odds with enjoying the fruits of your labor. Now, something that, you know, um, in business school, they would call a cash cow, right? Something that is just spinning off cash that you're putting in your own pocket. Instead, you're investing in the future, betting that if I put this money into the bit back into the business, it will pay off more later. And, but it's a big question mark. And so there, there's that fear, you know, at, at this stage of the game that I'm at, in similar fashion to the ones that you guys are talking about, but for a different reason, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And I think actually, honestly, as you say that it's really grounding for me because the truth is that's the dialogue that every single one of us is in with our business ideas, with mm-hmm. our, what, you know, it's like, how much do I believe this is actually going to work or produce for me? Or, you know, it's, we're actually, it's not this, just this, like, there's two things at stake here, right? One of them for me, I can sense both of these very differently, like sort of in like, they just feel like very different places to stand emotionally. One of them is what we said earlier. You know what? I've seen a lot. I'm experienced. I'm not saying I'm good at everything, but however, whatever comes my way, we're going to be able to work through it and figure a way through it. Right? Like my family's not going to die. Like I'm going to have the love of my son and my wife and we're going to be able to enjoy the connection that we have with each other, with our planet, with the friends that we have. These, all these, these best things in life, they actually don't cost money, right? This, there's, this, like, there's this part of me that's like, okay, we, whatever comes our way, we can handle it, we can do it. Whether that's making lots and lots of money or not that much, we'll be able to roll and handle it and still get the best things in life. There's that which feels good. And I want to be in that place too. But I also am noticing this other place, which is how much do I believe, how much am I putting my ass on the line for this product, for this YouTube channel, or for this idea of people are going to continue to be needing to buy bags in the future, five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. This idea that like people want to see entertaining, intelligent, thorough reviews of a product before they buy it and that there's there's revenue to be made there right um and i actually feel good about both about both of those things right i feel i feel like doing the homework like i personally have been talking to as many i've only had two sort of longer conversations but i'm reaching out to others with people who are full-time reviewers (laughs) i don't know if you guys know this but this is like a career category now there's several people in the world who make several <laughs> lots of lots of money. Um, some make just standard living. Some make way above and beyond that. There's this whole wide range. Some are very popular. Some are just, you know, you might see them only if you're looking to buy that particular kind of product. Um, there's a whole world of these reviews out there, right? So I've been talking to them, these reviewers who are professional reviewers. That's all I do for a living right now. Just asking like, how long have you been doing this? Like, is it going to go away? <laughs> right? Is the trend looking up or down? What have you learned? Right? These sorts of things. So as you're talking, Corbin, I just sense that there's this real grounding, sort of like honest moment in that question of that that all of us, like every every listener, you need to hear this right now. You need to ask yourself, how 
much do you actually believe in this thing you're trying to do? And I don't mean like you've got to get like, well, it's going to work no matter what. No, you're going to work no matter what. I'm talking, talking, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this thing that you're dreaming about or that you're, you're sitting on or that you're waiting to get started on or that you're having some traction, but you have a lot of fear around, right? Steph, for you, for your coaching business, right? It's this question of like, okay, so where's that revenue actually likely like to get to or, or what's the sort of the range here that we're looking at, right? And then it's like we can be kind of both smart about it and we can be flowing and uh, about it, right? We can be sort of like in that sort of state of curiosity and, and less anxiety and more peace about it, as well as a kind of, of like, because I, I have that peace and that flow because I'm looking conscientiously and seriously at what it is I'm trying to do, right? Does Steph, does that, does, does that ring true any of this? Yeah, absolutely. What it kind of reminds me of is we've talked about this before and I know you spoke about, spoke about it on stage at the ConvertKit conference, but that whole idea of if you don't feel it now, you won't feel it then. That's what brings it comes to mind for me. And in kind of summary, I think of my situation, I now am able to see that in a way I was delaying that belief in myself. Like, okay, when this business makes X amount, then I will act like someone who is legit. And what I'm realizing, and for, for everyone out there, no matter what stage you're in, you have to act like you've already arrived in a way. Not, again, not recklessly, but this isn't going to get any easier in a way. Like, you, as you earn more, yes, it's nice, but I've learned in, even in the short time of doing this, it gets more complicated. So <laughs> you, you can't wait to enjoy. Like, that's what I'm learning is like the process is the object. Like, that actually is what you're here for. It's not like, oh, when I build X business, it's all going to be great. You have to find a way to enjoy where you're at in the process. And if that looks like paying yourself differently, if that looks like, like Chase said, moving your family somewhere else, or there's so many different creative ideas for making that sustainable for you. But I feel like my takeaway from this whole conversation is you have to find a way to number one, believe in it now because it's not necessarily going to get any easier to believe in it later. I don't think. And you also don't need to have like starving artist syndrome where you don't allow yourself to enjoy the process. Mm, Yeah. I love this. So question or not question, but rather Corbett. um, I feel like we're getting here towards the end of this conversation. And I want to know, does the like, from all of the things that we've talked about, there's people out there who are in a lot of different situations. Some people haven't started and they're thinking about the thing, they're pining after it and they're curious about it and they're really excited. They're probably filling up journals about it. Other people have started it and it's kind of crickets, but they're not, they're not admitting that to themselves yet, right? They're just going like, okay, okay, okay. And that there's a heartache that's going to come where they realize like, this is going to take a lot of work. Other people put down the, put out the things and it's going, it's going okay, but not as fast as they wanted it to. And other people have been doing it for a while and there is some traction there, but it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of work still, right? I don't know. Think given all of of these various places that people could be in, um, and the range of this conversation that we've had so far today about we're trusting in the fact that like w- we're building these businesses so that it affects our life. 
We want to enjoy the fruits of our labor and be responsible. The idea that mindset and experience make the difference in how we find our own success and, and these kinds of fears about money, how they stem from uncertainty. Is there a P is there like how, like close us, close us out. Like, like, get, like give the benediction to the people from, from your point of view about this, about this conversation in the end here. Well, I'm just going to touch on something that we didn't cover yet. And I think it's really important. And that is that if you have uncertainty around money, the worst thing you can do is ignore it and not look deeply into the numbers. Like I, I almost teared up, Chase, when you were saying that you were making spreadsheets. It just made me so happy. <laughs> because we're talking about uncertainty, and how do you get rid of uncertainty? Well, in you know, there are some things that you can't, right? Because there's always the future, and you don't know what's going to happen in the future. But you can get more clarity around what the numbers look like right now. You can get more clarity around what do you need to be coming in the door for you to be comfortable, your minimum viable income, as we call it. And you can get better about accounting and know exactly where the money is going. Steph alluded a little bit to uh, reserving money for taxes and things like that. You need to dive into those numbers and understand how much of this do I need to save for taxes. Uh, if you have some you know, future expenses that are coming up, make sure that you earmark those, put those in a little bucket so that you know that they're already accounted for or they're already spoken for so that you don't think that you have more money than you do. Just get clear around accounting. And if you don't understand accounting, then this is an important skill for every business owner. Find you know somebody who can teach you or find a boring accounting book or something that will at least give you an overview of what you need to know because Knowledge is power and knowledge will resolve some of that uncertainty and help you to get to a better place uh, mindset wise. And, you know, that's what we talked about earlier being so important to your success. Mm, I love this. So true. I think yeah. understanding the numbers takes away so much of that fear. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, Corbett. So like just to reiterate again, you're saying if you have uncertainty about money, don't resist looking into it. Am I hearing you right? Exactly. Okay, that's awesome. All right, and then, and such a good place to, to leave the conversation today. Steph, you feel good? Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, both of you guys. I think this will be a really good one for... I know when I started, I had no idea how to approach uh, my accounting and how like even the mindset piece of what to do with the money. So hopefully we've at least given people a starting point so they can go from here. Yeah, I love it. All right, folks, that is episode 266 of The Fizzle Show. There are so many Fizzle Show episodes. You can go to fizzleshow.co slash 266. That's where you're going to find the show notes and the links. I've been taking notes here. I don't even think I'm going to send this off to people who get show written. I'm just going to use these notes that I've been taking here because they're bullet pointed. They've got headlines. If you want to refresh and, and, and get, get like a, a textual look at what we just talked about, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 266. Okay. And while you're there, get on the email list because we never ever spam you that's not how our business grows ever and there's free guides that you can get there right so if you go to fizzle.co slash toolkit that's where we've collected a bundle of our best guides they're just great you got to get into them you're literally leaving money on the table by not getting these free guides at fizzle.co 
slash toolkit. I have loved this conversation. I hope you did too. If you dig it, share it with a friend. And until then, find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.